1: Five oh nine. Ah, uh, little breaking news about the unmistakable voice of the state hockey tournament, the boys' high school hockey tournament, Lou Nanny, uh, just announced on Channel 5 that this is his last year uh, doing the tournament. He's done it for, this will be number 60. 60 years behind the microphone. He's 82. And he told Joe Schmidt at Channel 5, you know, Joe was like, did you want to hang it up while you're still in your prime? And Lou was like, at my age, I'm not sure I'm still... <laughs> He's like, I want to hang it up while I could still watch somebody else take it over.
2: Yeah. Which
1: I guess that's how it is. Pretty cool. Like, what an absolute legend. Lou is... Uh, you've met Lou probably. Many times,
2: yeah. So he, nice. Oh, my goodness. He's the night. And his grandson is, yes. is, was friends with all my daughter's friends, and everybody just was gaga over the grandson. Oh. You know, he's good looking, though. Sure. The Lou Nanny. Good
1: jeans. Hmm, hmm. Good jeans. Yeah, you betcha. So pretty cool. 60 years. Hard to
2: imagine. Oh, my goodness. Well, Sid, how close was he to 60? Doing it on the air yeah. for 60 years? I think he hit it right more. more he did more than so Dan Cook's is giving yeah. me the thumbs up yeah okay it's uh i
1: i'm i'm just making this promise to all of you guys <laughs> i am not going to do this for 60 years
2: okay good to know not happening write that down <laughs> I'm gonna... do you want
1: to work that long don't you want to retire yeah
2: but you know but that... if you could
1: work for a week right i mean lose working more than a week of course but right
2: I mean, some what you lo- What do they say if you do it? You love. You're not working. Yeah,
1: that's BS.
2: <laughs> what
1: a load of crap <laughs> oh that my is. Gosh.
2: It's still work. <laughs> we still got to get up.
1: Uh, Who's jo- whose job is so good? Where you're like,
2: I'd do it for
1: free. I would not. I would not do it for free.
2: Hmm. If
1: I were independently wealthy, now that's sort of interesting. Where yeah. you think, like, if you were loaded,
2: mm-hmm.
1: like. I I know a couple people who have like inherit like family money.
2: Yeah, more money than God.
1: Yeah, like that's real rich people stuff. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. you know people who work hard and whatever, and they're rich. You're like, well, you're rich. That's that's cool. But then you know people who are like who have not just mommy and daddy's money. But mommy and daddy's money, by way of grandma and grandpa, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, Dayton's next, yeah, next level, right? But you have to do something, right? You can't. I would just, assume. Would you? Would you like want to be just like a like a lady who lunches, or or would you need something more?
2: I would assume I would need something more. I would take a fair amount of time doing nothing. I think if I was independently wealthy and had that kind of dough, I would travel a lot. Trap, yeah. I mean, and I would also... The freedom
1: to control your life would be the most uh, appealing thing, right?
2: And I would give to charity, and I might do a few things for other people. Just a little. Wow. (laughs) I'm kidding.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I might consider doing a couple of things for somebody else. Maybe yes, maybe no.
2: Yeah. Nah. 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 Nah.
1: So uh, we have a wine fridge in our house. Oh my gosh,
2: you are la Okay, da Come on, you <laughs> drunk. You want to come with me Saturday <laughs> at my meeting at the church?
1: <laughs> so fancy. So this wine machine, which I don't know. It, it's a wine no, machine. It's, it's a fr- you got me all thrown off. Sorry. It's a wine fridge.
2: Why do you question your ability to consume alcohol in a responsible way?
1: I always, <laughs> I'm always questioning. <laughs> My ability to consume is unrivaled. Re, but, I
2: re, yeah. yeah. Mm.
1: So whatever. We have a dual zone nice. refrigerator, okay. fine. But one zone, the little, the, the thing starts beeping. Oh. So what's the first thing you do if a piece of electronics in your house starts malfunctioning? I unplug it. Exactly. That's exactly what I did. I unplugged it. Plugged it back in, it's still beeping. And, and the, the the fans weren't spinning, so I assumed nothing was cooling, none of the buttons were.
2: Wrecked well, all your wine? Well,
1: I, <laughs> my wine is so delicate. Like, I don't know. So uh, I started looking to see how much it cost to buy a new wine for it. And? It's a lot of money.
2: Under more than 5,000 or under 5, under 5,000. Okay, over a thousand or under over a
1: thousand. So. Now you can buy cheaper that probably last year.
2: What in the hell's the difference? I mean, it's a refrigerator because you don't
1: what? have like it's not as noisy, yeah,
2: but what does it's the, like a
1: different kind of compressor? I know, I but
2: it's wine. What does it actually affect the liquid inside the bottle?
1: Well. There, there is a temperature that it's nice to serve wine at. So I don't store all my wine in a wine refrigerator. God, this is
2: so bougie, Jason. Is you it? Are, yeah, you're losing fans. Well, what
1: temp do you? What I, do you? Do you just drink white wine like right off the shelf, room temp? Listen,
2: you're. I'm the wrong person <sighs> know, to ask because I don't actually I know, partake, don't partake. But it would be a great question for your listeners. Like, I think it's very so normal. Bougie that you um, need a refrigerator for your wine. Yeah. Yes. It's mm. very common. Let them eat cake. White
1: wine, for sure. You want, uh, you know, you don't have to have a special refrigerator, but you, you probably want your white wine chilled. And I don't want my red wine at room temperature either. This is not as bougie as you're making it sound. It feels maybe like it's it. really bougie. I don't know. Dan, Text Dan, in. Tell the six truth. Five one four want, six.
2: Ask the non drinkers. My oh, God. Dan's also one of six. Me. I six, mean, five, not one, but just choose... A, yeah, 651-461-9226. Six, six, yeah, two, two, what is it again? 651-9...
1: Ni- I don't know. Jeez.
2: I don't even... 651-461-9226. Now, Bo, Bo
1: Farrell at Haskell's is texting me right I'm now. I'm sure
2: he is, because he is a connoisseur.
1: He said, I'm nowhere near as bougie as his goofball relatives. That's what, it's, <laughs>
2: that's what it says.
1: He says, my wine should be fine. As long as it didn't get too hot. Of course, it's fine. It's not. I my love, living room is not a thousand degrees. It's not an inferno.
2: I love Will Ferrell. When he talks about beverages, even. What did I say? Jack
1: Ferrell. You said you love Will Ferrell. Well, I
2: like him too. <laughs> <laughs> Jack.
1: Jack Ferrell. Yeah. Yes.
2: I used yeah. to fill in on Saturdays sometimes, and he would tell the most beautiful stories about how to make a mint julep and. I was yeah. like, wow, you're so cool.
1: Well, how come you don't give me that same respect? I'm just talking about having a wine fridge. You would you would think I'm sitting here in an ascot, like, you know, in pinkies a, up and the whole deal. In a what?
2: <laughs> an ass what? Yeah. <laughs> ah, uh, you, Susie, Susie, it's only Tuesday. Don't get yourself thrown off. I the know, end. right. I gotta I gotta fill in for Laura yeah. all week. I better not step on it. So
1: My wine fridge is very old, Mm. but I reached out to the company, and I'm like, hey, uh, it's beeping, and the buttons aren't working. And so they asked for the number, the model number. I'm like, I don't know. So I look at the back, you know, tell them the number. And they say, well, you need to unscrew the back of the fridge, the back panel, so we can see the control panel. Because it seems like you're having a control panel issue. Yeah. So, what I did, so I there were like 18 screws. Oh my god! So goodness. I un, I'm unscrewing the thing and doing the live chat with the guy on the customer <laughs> service line, and he's like, "You're a dope." Well, then the guy is like, "Are you still there?" I'm like, "Chill <laughs> out, buddy. I'm unscrewing the thing," and then he hung up on me. No. It was fine. I'm sorry. It was fine. Then someone else came back, and I was like, hey, it takes a second to unscrew the whole thing like you told me to do. Right. So then the next person is on the chat. And, of course, do they have that control panel? Oh, it's been
3: discontinued. Oh, no.
1: (laughs) So, but since I had it open, I'm like, may as well kind of un- uh, disconnect some of the different wires Why not? that were hooked into as long the control as it's, panel. As
2: long as it's not having yeah. power to it, you don't want to electrocute yourself. Let's see
1: what happens. Mm. So I'm uns- <laughs> so I'm sitting here with 18 screws on the dining room table <laughs> and uh, pulling the thing apart, and I unscrewed one, or uh, disconnected one, whatever mm-hmm. you would call it. Mm. And you're looking at this, and you're like, I'm probably going to electrocute myself.
2: That's what I thought.
1: But... I probably should have uh, disconnected power before I.
2: You did not. Well, you, you <clears>
1: wouldn't <throat> know if you were achieving anything. So I needed the power on. So I un- Oh my god. The, the long and ins- short... well, really the long of it. This is a, a much longer story than anticipated. Oh
2: okay, I'm sorry. I'll I'll be quiet. It's
1: not your fault. It's my fault. This mm-hmm. is a well. It's a little bit your fault. So I connect the thi- disconnect the thing, left it disconnected for like an hour. Plugged it back in, and it
2: works. You should be an electrician.
1: I I could have charged myself two hundred fifty bucks. Easy, probably.
2: easy money. But it
1: works now. That's like and fantastic. then today,
2: very proud of you.
1: It still works. And nice. you know what I did this morning instead of preparing for this segment,
2: you drank some wine. No, I
1: screwed eighteen screws <laughs> back in. <laughs> that. The textures are very funny.
2: Oh, let me hear.
1: Uh, I don't think it's too bougie to have a wine fridge if you've been knighted. So, ah, no.
2: <laughs> Very good, Sir J- Jason. Sir Jason.
1: <laughs> my wine fridge is going to get really cold in the next couple of days. It's called my back porch. <laughs> 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 Jason, this is definitely bougie. I put white wine in the fridge a few hours before I serve it. Can briefly refrigerate red wine. However, I probably have nice wine. Hmm. I I don't Uh, Someone else says there's a filter on it Clean it (laughs) Uh, Jason has a full walk-in cooler In his basement (laughs) (laughs) Seth uh, Seth was showing his girlfriend Like the girlfriend got a tour of the house Okay And her takeaway at the end was like You guys have a lot of A lot of wine in this house (laughs)
2: Did she really? i like, did
1: you, st- like, you gave her a tour of, like, the unfinished basement? We don't have, like, we... You
2: don't have a wine cellar down there?
1: Well, we have a couple of racks of wine.
2: Down there, not down in, there the in the Down
1: there. It's unfinished. Do you it's drink always-
2: every day, like, a bottle and a no, half? No, 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 no.
1: But probably, well, during COVID, you we're would. having a bottle of wine with dinner every night. It just gets... Sauce. Two of us having a bottle of wine with dinner does not get mm. you sauce. You
2: probably get a buzz. Do you not get a buzz off a whole bottle of wine? I hope you do. God help you.
1: I mean, one bottle of wine shared is like two and a half glasses right. per person.
2: Fine, you. That's what you tell yourself.
1: That is what I tell yeah, myself. I show. know. Mm. But that. I'm just saying. That COVID time mm. is what led me to Libya. So if ah! you're.
2: <laughs> you're all having, turned out all right in the end. I guess, yeah. Right. yeah.
1: So anyway, unplugging and plugging it back in. Undefeated, sometimes you have to unplug something from the control
2: panel. I think it's unplug a mantra. It if it doesn't work, unplug it.
1: Uh, I think we had a great
2: time today. Thank you. I did too. You know, and let me know if I'm doing anything wrong and I'll try to change. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> Susie,
1: thank you. Susie Jones, everyone, big fan of Will Ferrell and Ass Cots. Ass Cots. Five twenty-two. D. Rush hour news headlines coming up in just a minute. Uh, somebody found a mammoth tusk, which is amazing. The story is crazy. Uh, Justin Sutherland update on his original restaurant in Saint Paul. Plus, why is it that Iowa has become so Republican and Minnesota has become so Democratic? We'll talk about it coming up on CCO. January 9th, D-Rush Hour news headlines. It is the week before the Iowa caucuses and such an interesting New York Times story on how Iowa became part of the great Midwest political sorting. Yeah. I mean, was Howard, was that Howard Dean yell the last Significant Democratic Party moment in Iowa? Maybe. No state in the nation swung as heavily Republican between 2012 and 2020 as Iowa. Iowa gave Barack Obama a six-percentage-point victory and gave Donald Trump an eight-point victory in the last presidential election. Why? Uh, No single reason, but at the same time, We've seen North and South Dakota shed sort of a prairie populism for a more national conservatism. Iowa or Illinois and Minnesota move dramatically leftward. Wisconsin is sort of this crazy state where you've got very conservative rural counties and very industrial Milwaukee and Madison. So the New York Times tries to figure it out. You know, and some of this is small-town newspapers going away, which had the upper Midwest with a separate character from national politics. Uh, some of it is young college graduates are leaving Iowa and Dakotas. So some of the kind of more left-wing people are leaving, not just for politics, but leaving for job opportunities. Iowa loses 34% of college graduates. North Dakota loses 32 percent. Illinois gets 20 percent more graduates than it produces. Minnesota gets 8 percent more graduates than it produces. I do think it's part of a nationalization of politics that we see imbuing every single level of politics. And so instead of this sort of unique Midwest populist farmer, laborer, conservative left, uh, people just sort of line up along the national. It's kind of a bummer. I like I liked being more weird here in the Midwest. Cool AP story about some miners discovering a mammoth tusk. <laughs> yeah. This uh, coal miner, a shovel operator, sees a little bit of white as he's scooping this dirt into a dump truck. And then the a dozer driver is ready to flatten it, but he's looking. He's like, I see this white too. And in the white is a seven foot long mammoth tusk. The experts say it had been buried for between 10 and a hundred thousand years. This mine is near Beulah, North Dakota mining company is going to donate it to the state for educational purposes. North Dakota, uh, Amazing landscape for bones and fossils, including dinosaurs, uh, because of the geography there. Minneapolis Brewery had its best year, but only partially because of beer. Modest Brewing is expanding statewide distribution because of THC sales. Minneapolis St. Paul Business Journal saying those THC beverages uh, made this modest best year by a wide margin. Just finished a $2 million revamp of an event center. So now new warehouse. They got cold storage over there. Uh, 9,000 square feet. So pretty cool. You may have noticed when we recently interviewed chef Justin Sutherland, he didn't talk much about his original restaurant, Handsome Hog. Stephanie March at Minneapolis St. Paul magazine confirmed That Justin is stepping away from Handsome Hog. He apparently initially uh, tried to buy out his Madison Group partners in the restaurant. It's right on Cathedral Hill. Uh, But things didn't go as he had hoped. Uh, He's hoping to do more TV, as he told us, after he won a Daytime Emmy. Uh, He's also working on his sandwich shop, Big E's, and his chain of Southern Soul Food restaurants called Northern soul 532 today is law enforcement appreciation day. So we're going to do that. We are going to appreciate law enforcement. We're going to talk with uh, a friend from the Washington County Sheriff's department, a little bit of appreciation, your appreciation. Welcome as well via text or via call. We'll do that next on
0: CCO
1: Thanks, Paul. Right now it is 28 degrees in downtown Minneapolis on CCO 537 today. January 9th is National Law Enforcement Appreciation Day. We wanted to give you the chance to express your appreciation at 651-461-9226. But before we get to that, we wanted to express our appreciation to an actual member of law enforcement, Commander Andrew Ellickson with the special services department with the Washington County Sheriff's office. He's with us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker hotline. Uh, Commander Andy, thank you so much for, uh, for all you do. And we appreciate you joining us to talk a little bit about the job today.
4: Well, thank you. I appreciate you having me.
1: What, what do you wish people knew about being a member of law enforcement?
4: Sure. That's a really good question. I guess, You know, the majority of the public assume we're just, uh, you know, writing traffic tickets, going to critical incidents and medical emergencies and accidents. And we do all that, but um, the officers out there do a lot more um, routinely, you know, going to dispute, uh, mediate disputes between parents, kids, neighbors, business owners, engaging daily with our citizens. I mean, it's a big part of a successful law enforcement agency um, you know working with the community with kids and shop with a cop and fishing with a cop cops and cones teaching classes to our elderly community on scams teaching parents about apps their kids are using you know having dare drug and resistance education in our schools there's a lot more to it and uh, it's a it's a busy job
1: yeah I, I bet some of our our Minneapolis or Saint Saint Paul officers are hearing you talk about some of the other aspects and wishing they had they have more time to do some of that stuff. That's gotta be some of the more rewarding aspects of the career, right?
4: It's it's the best, yeah. yeah. And I feel for those that don't get to do those things. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that I, I think that's that's a big part of it, making those connections. And most you know, I, I don't even know if say most people is correct, it's probably everybody. Who goes into law enforcement you do it because because you want to make your community a better place to live right
4: correct yeah it's all about helping people
1: is that what drove you when you were did you grow up around here commander
4: i grew up in new brighton yeah just north of the cities there and uh got into law enforcement at an early age at the um, new brighton public safety department being a reserve and that's all i was always wanted to do is is help people so that's that's kind of what drew me to the profession.
1: When you were a kid, were your parents like, we know that Andy's going to become a cop. Like, we know that's what he wants to do.
4: Yeah, I, I <laughs> knew it from kindergarten when I would be around some officers and stuff, so it was always something I wanted to do.
1: Did Did your family try to talk you out of it at all? Were they worried about it?
4: I think they were worried, but I, overall, they just kind of, I think they probably knew that I I had a had kind of a, a knack to, to do that sort of thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh Andy Alexson is a commander with the Washington County Sheriff's Office. Where where do you spend most of your time? Are you in Stillwater or Lake Elmo or
4: Stillwater mostly. Um you know I don't I don't get as much as I used to earlier in my career um out on the streets but uh um mostly stationed in Stillwater.
1: And uh you know when Young people right now are thinking about this as a career. This is this is one of the big issues of our state. Trying to figure out how we encourage more people to consider entering uh, law enforcement careers. Uh, what what would you want young people to know about about this as a job?
4: Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, re- obviously, recruitment for law enforcement is kind of a nationwide issue right now, yeah. and we're hearing and seeing a lack of candidates for all of our open positions. But I guess I would just tell them that it's it's such a rewarding profession. Um, You get to use critical thinking skills, solve problems. You're always busy. You get to engage with people every day, uh, help make your community better. Um, I guess I'd tell them that um, you do make a difference in this job. It's a, it's a really noble profession for those who do it right.
1: Yeah. I think, you know, one, one thing that I ran into today when I put out there on social media that, that we're going to give people the chance to thank law enforcement and talk about their local uh, police department or sheriff's office or state troopers or whatever the case may be. I I am surprised how many people feel like they either have to be a hundred percent black, a hundred percent back the blue or a hundred percent, you know, the cops suck. And I feel like it, it's such a unfortunate way of looking at this because I feel like most officers uh, who really, and you tell me if I'm wrong, but I think most officers who really love what they do and love their communities, which is most overwhelmingly most officers, they want to do a better job. Everyone wants to figure out the best way to make our community safe, to make people feel seen and welcome. Uh, to me, these are not separate things. You can support and be be grateful and appreciative of law enforcement as I am, and then also want things to be better, right? Yeah, I completely
4: agree with you. Um, the overwhelming majority are out there doing the right thing every day. And we expect for people to be critical and hold us to a higher standard. I mean, it's just, that's what our job is. So I have no problem with us, with people being critical of what we're doing and expect the most from us. But overwhelmingly, um, we have a lot of community support. and It feels good.
1: You have You have a couple kids, right? Correct. Would you want, yep. uh, are, are any of them interested in following the family business? You know, I, I, I
4: my, my daughter is a little bit interested in the, uh, like, uh, behavioral forensics. She's, mm-hmm. uh, she's going to be in college in a couple of years. And my son oh. is at Minnesota state right now. And he dabbled in it. Um, and he was worried about some of the things, you know, recent events and stuff and, and kind of switched over to business. But I wouldn't have any problem with them doing it. I mean, I've enjoyed my career. I know a lot of people. I have great friends, um, you know, uh, that are brothers and sisters in law enforcement, and and uh, I I just I think it's a it's a great profession, and and we got to just remember that people are out doing great things every day. Yeah,
1: Andy Alexson is a commander with the Washington County Sheriff's Office, well, we we appreciate you. I appreciate you. I think uh, sometimes, uh, just like anybody in a in a career that gets sort of under under siege by popular opinion, sometimes I think it's maybe a little overstated how much criticism is out there. Most of us are so grateful and understand the the sacrifice that officers make and their families. Uh, you know, you're willing to take a job to go out there that potentially puts you in harm's way, but you do it because you care about your neighbors, and, and I, I'm very grateful. I appreciate it.
4: I appreciate you you saying that Jason. It's uh, it's never gets old to hear that stuff.
1: Good. Commander Alexson, thank you so much. This is Andrew Alexson from the Washington County Sheriff's Office. We welcome your feedback at 651-461-9226. I put this out on social media earlier today and we got a couple messages from folks. I want to play this one from the uh from Jimmy Francis, the mayor of South St. Paul. Hi Jason, this is Mayor Jimmy Francis from the city of South St. Paul, giving a shout out to all of law enforcement and our appreciation for all that you do. As somebody who leads law enforcement uh, just by being in elected office and, and someone who has a family of law enforcement officers, including my brother, who is a police chief, it is my pleasure to give them all the kudos they deserve and thank them for the work that they're doing. Thank you for putting this forward and reminding people that we need to thank a cop. It's a great day in South St. Paul, and it's a great day when you appreciate law enforcement
0: in Minnesota.
1: Very good, Jimmy. Thank you. Wendy is in a car at 651-461-9226. Wendy, thanks for calling in.
3: Yes, hi. Thanks, Jason, for talking. I have just a couple of quick points. Um, my uh, son-in-law is a police officer in Buffalo. He was one of the five uh, officers that entered the Alina uh, clinic during the active shooter oh, situation. Wow, yeah. Our fa- yeah. Our family did not know for three hours if he was safe. We knew he was in there. So my point is, is, you know, the mayor just said thank an officer. That's so important. But also remember to thank their wives and thank their children and let them know that you understand mm-hmm. what they go through. Every time an officer leaves a home, Uh, his wife kisses him goodbye and has no idea if that's the last time she'll ever see him again and people don't understand the trauma that that brings to a family and the concerns so thank an officer's wife she has a different life than you do and thank the children um they get a lot of crap in schools and stuff when the dad's a cop and and it's difficult and the other thing i'd like to say is if you care about your police department and you care about crime the one thing you can do as an individual is you can make sure that when you vote for your city council members, that you vote for people that unequivocally support the police. That will help them. When you have a council that supports police, it helps them in the recruiting because we know that's down and we know all the terrible reasons why it's down. But it's critically important to vote for council members that will support police officers and thank the officers, thank their wives. It's critically important. They run in when other people are running out.
1: It's true. Thank you for saying that. I appreciate it. You know, I think Wendy and I probably define support a little differently, uh, but I totally get where she's coming from. I I just think that it is possible to support and also want reform and improvement.
0: You heard the commander himself say it, right? Yeah. That they want to be, you know, they want to be better and... You know, most of the cops are great cops and the ones that aren't, you know, should be weeded out.
1: And not to not to both sides this, but in my Twitter comments today, you had the unabashed 100 percent. I always back the cops crowd who were throwing up names of, well, maybe you should have whatever politician who they don't like on. And then you add the 100 percent. uh Far left wing in the comments saying, why should we even why should we thank a cop? They choose to do this job. And so I would I would just say that all of those people are crazy. Yes. And the the correct thing is to support, be grateful, because, look, we all choose to do a job. But I choose to come sit in a room and talk. There is. No risk that my job is going to cost my life today. Now, most officers never fire their weapon, never encounter that circumstance either. But you heard from Wendy, her son had to go in, and that's what they do. And so, to me, that is worthy of thanks. It is a different level of community care. Plenty of people have dangerous jobs, but not many have jobs that they choose to do a dangerous job Because they want to make their community a better place to live. To me, that's different.
0: There's there's very few jobs out there that's about getting in between the public and the bad guys, right? And that's what being a police officer is all about. My dad retired 30-plus years uh, on the force, uh, and I could not be more proud to be his son and and the service that he offered. And uh, there are problems in certain policing communities that need to be addressed. Those aren't mutually exclusive things, and you can hold both of those and— I wish more people held both of those on a reasonable basis. Um, The community relations with the police would be so much better. It's not that hard. Nope, it
1: really isn't. Some things are hard to balance two things. This one is pretty simple. And today we are grateful. 550, back in a minute here on CCO. My man, Carl Franklin, wanted to thank law enforcement for their work. It was a little antsy to do so, too. He was getting fired up, uh, but... After he sent me a recording thanking law enforcement, then he said this. Thank you for all you do, and if you should ever see me driving in a 96 Buick on the highway, uh, please look the other way. Ha <laughs> ha. There you go. That's Carl Franklin. I understand. I mean, is that the time you're most grateful for law enforcement, when they pull you over and then don't give you a ticket? I'm... Wo- I'm one for two in my experiences with that in 2023. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what can I say? Uh, Dan's off tomorrow. Yeah. Rude. Yeah. That's yeah. fine. I'm actually going to a doctor tomorrow morning. Oh, my. I've had a pain in my arm for like two months. Doc, it hurts when I do this. Okay, <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> it seems just waiting it out didn't work. So I'm going to go to a doctor. And I know that Henry Lake has had a pain in his for a while and it's me so there you go
0: all-star closer kenley jansen we have a question what's the best podcast of all time